Last June 28th, Colorado conducted its primary election utilizing the same voting system, processes, and most personnel as in November 2020. Our state system of voting worked in 2020, worked well again for the primary in June 2022, and is good to go for this general election now. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Colorado's election process is referred to in some quarters as the gold standard in the country for election process. It's safe, secure, and absolutely accurate for winners and losers. Any continuing denial of 2020 is just truth hurting by losers. The winners, both Republicans and Democrats, aren't flipping, reversing, nor changing anything regarding their victories, and such will be the same following this election. Although our guest on this edition, Denver City Clerk Paul Lopez, speaks for Denver, as a member of the Colorado Clerks Association, his insights to the balloting process can be applied to many of Colorado's 64 counties. We haven't had uh, too many changes. Uh, you know, the one, the biggest change that we have is, you know, with the diminishing, uh, you know, numbers of uh, COVID during the pandemic, you know, there are, you know, can return to almost pre-COVID operations, but we are asking folks if they want to take precautions, they can do so. Um, again, you know, our uh, ballot processing um, is going to continue to operate as normal. We have a new system. It's a ballot sorter. We have an, we had an old outdated ballot sorter that, you know, we like to keep around, but it was like that old Toyo- old family Toyota that just <laughs> needed all kinds of work and stuff like that. And, you know, rather than watch it break down before our eyes and have some kind of crisis, we decided to replace it with another system that is much more efficient. And we, you know, have already put ballots that have come in from overseas over uh, through it, and it is humming, and it is doing a great job. It's going to create more efficiencies in that ballot processing room in terms of uh, signature verification and getting those things through. Um, it requires less people to operate. So the ballots come in in one big pile, and then it goes into the machine, and it it routes it to where it's going to be counted? Is that how it works? No. What happens is uh, when ballots come in by these bipartisan teams, we take account uh, where it came from, and there are receipts tracking that. Uh, we empty once those are verified and the, the tag is verified, um, we are able to open it mm-hmm. and we take those ballots out from our receipt in our receiving room. We sort out uh, our ballots, any any out-of-county ballots, any out-of-state ballots, anything uh-huh. like that, old ballots. And the, once those are sorted, uh, those go on to signature verification. This machine replaces an outdated uh, machine that... Uh, basically scans and sorts the ballots in a high it's, it's high speed yeah. and it requires less uh people to operate it's built specifically for elections sure. again that's a machine that does that but if there is anything that requires a human eye we have um our signature verification teams that are bipartisan and they are trained to recognize you know variations in signatures if there's anything that um, does not uh, pass muster, uh, we contact the voter and, and then they have an opportunity to cure or verify that signature mm-hmm. eight day, to up to eight days after the election. It is an important process and yes. it is something that we do to ensure that everything's safe, secure, and you know people can count on their ballots being counted. You mentioned in that response that 
in case some ballots come from other counties, you can get them there. And uh, the reason why I'm going to dwell on that for just a second is because, you know, this radio station reaches from Cheyenne all the way down to Pueblo. And so a lot of people will hear. So therefore, if uh, <laughs> if they were going to drop their ballot off in their particular county and forgot to yeah. do it and they were driving to Denver and said, oh, I can't put it in a drop box in Denver and won't get there. But I think what you're saying is that it will get there. For all counties in the state of Colorado, if somebody is stuck in Denver because they're too busy eating the burritos on 16th Street Mall and forget to take their ballot back to their county or running late, you can drop one of your ballots. It doesn't matter what county you live in in Colorado. Um, you can put it in one of our ballot boxes. Uh, we will receive it and timestamp it and get it to where it needs to go. We do a uh, you know post-election a day ballot swap with all the other counties. Yeah, yeah. And then some of the counties that are a little further away from Denver, we will FedEx those immediately um, to those counties. And they, they do get received and counted, um, so long as they are received by 7 p.m. on Election Day. On Election Day. That's still the key yeah. no matter where you are. A couple of weeks ago, you had a walkthrough that people could come and see. I guess more than any other election, uh, you've only been clerk for for a few of them, but still the ones that you have seen. I guess the importance of public transparency in the election process for this cycle is probably bigger than you've ever seen it. I can't stress how important it is uh, due, due to the current environment where, you know, election myths and disinformation remains rampant. You know, our elections are safe. We are transparent. They are secure. And we run everything in a bipartisan fashion. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we definitely do things in a transparent way. We have a 24-hour live feed into our ballot processing areas. Yeah. We do. We conduct public tours. We have a page at DenverVotes.org. Yeah. You know, it's really important for folks to be able to understand that and know that you know that information. If any have any information or questions about their ballot or how to vote, um, or any information that they are you know, wanting, uh, they can count on us and yeah, they should yeah, first and foremost, contact their clerk and recorder, look up their clerk and recorder online. That's the trusted information. That's, you know, I, I have to stress that, you know, people have to do that before they go to Twitter and Facebook or Instagram yeah. or whatever they're hearing on a talking head on TV. When it comes to registrations now, we've had a lot of people, uh, coming from a lot of countries, Ukraine coming from a lot of countries, Afghanistan coming from a lot of countries, Mexico. Uh, when yeah. it comes to registering to vote, especially regarding immigrants, what is the rules there? Do they have to be here for 30 days or 32 days, or do they have to finally become citizens so that they don't have any confusion and think that they can vote and they can't and they commit something they don't need to, to do right now. What are the rules there? So, you know, this is something that is I'm very passionate about um, because Denver is a very diverse city and Colorado is a very diverse state. Uh, we have a lot of new Americans who call the state and who call our city home. It is important for folks to know that, one, you have to be a U.S. citizen 18 and above in order to vote. Second, it is important uh, that you are, you know, you must be a resident uh, between uh, up to 22 days before the election. They can register to vote at uh, uh, denvervotes.org on our website. They can do that in Spanish. If there is assistance that folks need in another language, they can call us 311 option 8 or send us a message and we will uh, do our best. We can communicate with you in, I think, seven 
uh, different languages. And if there are other other languages, we will do our best uh, to give folks the service they need in a language that they can understand. We provide ballots in uh, different languages, so I think it's really important for us to you know really get that out to folks. And uh, you know, a key part to this, and I really hope that I can that you can help share this message to those who are listening. Sure. If you are not a citizen of the United States, if you are a legal permanent and, and not eligible to vote or not 18 years old and eligible, eligible, eligible to vote, this could include folks who are still have a pending status uh, with immigration uh, or citizenship, right? Folks who are like legal permanent residents here on a visa, things like that. Folks who may be here undocumented. Um, and this also includes our young people who are under the age of 18 and can and will not be 18 by the time the election comes around on November 8th. Right. you got to be 18. This democracy is a democracy uh, because of participation. It's important that, you know, that you vote, yes. But in my view, and something that I always say to folks either in a classroom or in a pulpit or on the street – is that uh, to vote and to just vote once every year is, I believe, is you're, you're doing the bare minimum in a democracy. Right. And it is absolutely important that you do so. But that is the bare minimum. What, mm-hmm. are we, what else are we doing to strengthen our democracy? Are we uh, – and what can people who are not voters do to participate in the democracy? They can – Register people to vote. They can knock on doors. They can, you know, urge people to get out the vote. They can put a placard in their in their on on their in their window that says vote. They yeah. can uh, get family members to vote. They can participate in activities, civic activities, and go to board meetings and go to their city council meetings and you know put place put input on 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 you know where you know, services are needed. They can participate in so many different ways. So I don't want anybody to feel like they have to sit this out because, right, right. you know, the democracy is so much and uh, so much bigger in the United States. And it's so um, it's so important, especially now that people have a sense of, 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 of an urge, an urge, urgent sense of participation. And it's something that I'm calling a, a culture of participation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's one of my goals is to create a culture of participation where people can vote in all elections. And those who cannot vote, um, uh, cannot vote yet, uh, can participate in other ways. When, right? you, when you're talking about participation, I had a question from uh, some people here. In some states, uh, felons uh, who have completed their time, they can't vote. In other states, they can vote. And there's some yeah. confusion if you have been in the county jail for a period of time and you get released, if you can vote or not. Can you help me sort that out? If you are serving an active felony, you are not able to vote. If you are incarcerated for a felony, um, you're not able to vote yet. Right. But those folks who are done with their sentence or who have previously been convicted of a felony are not actively serving that felony in incarceration can vote, can register to vote. Even those who are on parole can vote. And I cannot stress how important it is because a lot of folks who have made mistakes, um, as all human beings do, right. um, still have rights in this state um, and their voice still matters. 
right? And right. it is important that uh, that we relay this to other folks. For folks that, you know, if they're on our uh, county jail and they're serving out a misdemeanor or, or, or something like that, they, they can still vote. Okay. But those folks who are incarcerated in city or county jail and it's not a felony, they can still vote. As a matter of fact, we will have another vote center uh-huh. um, in the Denver County Jail. Oh, wow. We are work- Yes, we are working with the Colorado Criminal Justice Reform Coalition and the League of Women Voters to facilitate uh, both registration and actual voting in the city and county jails. That's tremendous. That is tremendous. That, How about our it, ho- homeless voters or homeless oh, citizens? Well, with the folks who are experiencing homeless, we have uh, a lot of folks who who are experiencing homeless. Uh, they can still vote as long as they provide us a mailing address um, and where they receive their ballot. Most people will use like a shelter address or list their physical addresses wherever they regularly return to. I hate to use this example, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it can be under a bridge, it can be a park, it could be the, the corner of uh, 14th and Manic, right? Mm-hmm. As their physical address, if they're returning to that address, if that is where their campsite is or where, you know, they seek shelter, they can use that. So as long as they provide a mailing address, which we can send that ballot to, and it's in the city and county of Denver, and they've done the things necessary to be able to be eligible to register to vote. So I think it's absolutely critical. Now, it is sad that in this day and age, uh, there are people who uh, do not have a roof over their head. Yeah. And I know collectively we all care about that, and we want to make sure uh, that no, not only is that uh, resolved one day yeah. uh, and one day soon, but that people can um, exercise their right to vote all the way. Right now, up until the point, you know, uh, where hopefully one day it's coming to a permanent address that is theirs. I can't stress that enough, but we focus and have a team that's concentrated on uh, doing things to uh, engage the community and making sure that we're outreaching to folks, you know, who are affected by those two, you know, common misconceptions and myths about, you know, folks who are, you know, previous felons or have served a felony sentence or folks who are experiencing homelessness. On this edition, with ballots heading our way, our focus is the election process and its transparency with Denver City Clerk Paul Lopez. As you can be working on your ballot for the next few weeks, we'll continue with additional insight from him on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get your COVID vaccination and flu shot if you haven't for your protection and your family's safety. And we do thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.